calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at toddhancock.ca. Okay, starting video. Oh, there it is. Hey, buddy. There he is. Oh, dude, this is uh, far too long, man. We should have done this many, many moons ago. We really should have, man. Good yeah. to see you. But we're but we're finally doing it. It's good to see you too, bud. Long time, man. It's been a minute. Holy it is, cow. It has been a long time. I'm trying to actually rack my brain and think of the last time. It's I can't even I remember. I have no now. idea. Yeah. I have no clue. My God. I know we broke into each other kind of on the on the terror on those Friday, Saturday nights downtown. But, uh, <laughs> They've happened. They have definitely happened. Yeah, you yeah. You doing all right? I'm good, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, all things considered, we're of course we're past COVID, or at least my, in my mind, we're completely past it. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about that shit at all. I'm going to hockey games. I'm going to, yeah. you know, uh, going to see shows and yeah, other people's hair. And yet somehow I'm still here, right? I've been, I've gone to a whole bunch of shows finally, and it's the best feeling in the world, dude. It's I know, like, right? We like I, shit. We saw Viagra Boys. We saw Bob Mold. We saw Gore. We saw I seen Gore twice, and it's like it's it feels like we're back to normal. Like it yeah. really does. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I started doing shows as well, and like like I was probably out of the count for I would say a good like at least two years. I didn't do podcast shows like yeah. live monthly shows, right? Like oh really? And that for me, like that was one of the one of the cool things about doing this podcast. Like if yeah. I'm not going to do those, like yeah. I don't well, know, like a podcast is cool, yeah. but like you know. Yeah, exactly. And what I've yeah, yeah. So yeah, actually, that's kind of where you know, like a film filmmaker, screenwriter. Yeah. Of course, we talked uh, like a few months back about maybe getting you on to to talk about the graphic novel that you'd you'd yes. worked with the guys in Guar, man. Yeah, like, it's so it is crazy, super fun, man. dude. It is super fun. Like I, I was when they asked us to come on board for that. It was it was uh, just a neat an, a neat moment, like. Um, we've known those guys for forever, right? Like I, I, I think I think it's sort of like our friendship with them sort of began like in the late two thousands because uh, Brocky used whenever Brocky used to come to town, we used to always get him on. Remember Urban Rush? Oh yeah, Mike and Fiona. Mike and Fiona. We used to get Brocky on Urban Rush because my friend Laura was the was the field pro- or the producer of it, okay. so she was booking all the talent for it, and so she uh, she booked us with 
Brocky all the time. So it was always Brocky and us and Brocky and us and Brocky and us. Right. And, and then in 2012, we did the, uh, we did the, um, the, the, uh, it was called the 519 Punk Reunion. And it was a uh, sort of a one day punk metal fest. And yeah, like, like there was like, like 10 yeah. or 11 bands or whatever that. Day, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had, and we had the, for, what the story was, is we had the Forgotten Rebels to, to be the headliners. And it turned out that the dude who was uh, setting up the, the the rebels to be as part of the show were was full of shit. He had nothing to do with them, and he was trying to trying to scam our dude and our dude back east for for the money. Yeah, yeah. And so what ended up happening was uh, I didn't know what to do, so I called a friend of mine down in, in Virginia, and I was like, "Do you think Dave would do this?" And they're like, "Yeah, he might." Yeah, and so he got Brocky to call me and we got on the phone and he was like, let's do this. And he, so we did the, the unmasked guar thing. And then just, right. became, we just all became really good friends after that. And it was, uh, and just, it's just become a lifelong friendship with these guys. And it's, it's close and it's intimate and we're just, uh, really good pals. It's, it's kind of, it's just one of those things that just kind of organically, it just kind of happened, yeah. Yeah. And like how and how cool to work on, like, because you're obviously, you know, a comic book nerd from back in the day. Oh, you know, like, yeah. Like obviously, right? Oh yeah. And so, yeah. so to work on a freaking graphic novel of that, like, magazine yeah. is pretty, pretty. Yeah. Cool, man. Have you have you got a copy of it yet? No, I don't have a copy. Yeah, I'll get you a comp. I'll I uh, I haven't got them my comps yet, but I'll get you one. Uh, they're uh, there's a paper been a paper shortage, so Z two Z two is the publisher, and they've had all sorts of paper issues and also check of stuff. the, uh, I can't remember what's the, what's the one on the strip there on gravel strip. Uh, oh, uh, uh go, golden, golden age, golden age. Golden collectibles. Yeah. I checked there a couple of times. I didn't have it, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's delayed till like the second week of October now. I think, oh, okay. I think it's when it's finally coming out. Yeah. Like we, uh, the mail order, the ones that were done through Z2 and the ones that were done through, uh, Guar themselves are those, those orders all got filled. Cause that was like the special ones. Yeah. And, uh, I got it actually. One second. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dude, like look at the Star Wars guy in the back, man. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That nice. is the real yeah. deal, That's man. Nice okay over there. Oh yeah, there's all awesome. sorts of stupid Star Wars stuff in there. So there's there's the book. Yeah, right. The the big special edition one. It's like huge. And then there's the Yeah, it, I just I'm really super proud of it. You know, it's it's just like Of course, man. It's like fantastic Brilliant. and it's super rude which is great so well, got, wouldn't be any other way it's war right <laughs> well yeah and i we had the opportunity to put to put uh hitler on the other side of a glory on the business end of a glory hole so you know that was absolutely nice. worth it so, nice. just doing my part you know what, I mean? what did you what did you grow up uh like reading on uh, dc marvel i grew up i was a gi joe guy Growing up, surprisingly enough, I loved I loved the GI Joe books. I thought they were just amazing, and I remember getting the first one and just kind of be, just kind of falling in love with that particular book. And I I ended up like years later, Mikey and I ended up adapting. Mikey's my brother. We do all our writing together. Right. Um, we ended up adapting it, and uh, as a screenplay, we basically took issues one through twenty five or twenty seven, really. And issues one through twenty-seven, and and sort of making that sort of the structure of our 
script and it sat at Paramount for a couple of years and it was, and I thought it was going to happen and it just, uh, it just didn't. And it was, it was a heartbreak. It was a heartbreak to see that one go away. Did you get into, uh, remember, uh, Marvel put out, um, the Nam, the Nam? I remember the Nam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was awesome. That was I never, I never read the Nam. I, I read, um, I loved Sergeant Rock and oh, one, yeah. of my, one of my favorite Sergeant Rock books is uh, DC did a series called DC Comics Presents back in the day. Yep. And it was um, it was uh, always a Superman team up. Like it was always Superman and somebody do something. And number 10 was Sergeant Rock teams up with Superman. Okay. And Superman gets thrown back and he gets blown up, thrown back in time and he, and he gets amnesia. So Superman doesn't know who he is, but he still has all the powers and he's fighting with Easy Company against Nazis. <laughs> it's genius. It's just absolutely genius. I love it. And, and like, can you yeah. believe where we are present day? Because back in the day, like I was called always like a nerd and, you know, like yeah. like people kind of bagged on you for reading comic oh, books yeah. and, and being in that world and getting entrenched into that, you know, that world. And isn't there's it one. like how far we've come? And now there's like, it's almost, Maddie, like to the point where it's like overkill on yeah he's being released like we're we're almost like too far yeah. gone now yeah now it's like at the point where the nerds don't even care anymore <laughs> like we're just sort of like oh really is it still going on okay i guess yeah. all right i guess it was uh it's funny it's like i've known kevin feige um from marvel for 20 some odd years we were on the first x-men together and he was like an associate producer so he was sort of like kind of like starting in the business and stuff like that and so we used to sit around and talk nerd shit all the time it was like right. all we did is talk nerd shit and uh then he went off and turned into kevin marvel like it was it's just insane what, it, what he ended up doing so, it is insane and like the x-men yeah. for me like i don't know about you but like the x-men for me was like the one that really truly pulled me in oh yeah it, it was, was the franchise DC yeah, it was. anything like it was like the one right and like here yeah. you're like working with them in like the what yeah. was it like the late 90s early yeah 2000s? we did the first like one in nine, yeah we did the first one in 99 and then we did uh and uh it was you know nobody bet on us nobody nobody was in i i don't think they knew what it was i remember a studio executive calling it uh a little power rangers movie they didn't know <laughs> no. i don't think they knew what it was and it was this little group of guys making this movie and it was it was fire in a bottle and we didn't we didn't know like it was tough it was a very difficult shoot and i got brought in uh to be videographer so i videotaped everything and i think i shot about 180 hours of footage on that on that movie how and, uh, fun is that though yeah. right like oh yeah dude we got, hugh jackman's audition is out there somewhere and hugh jackman getting offered the role is out there like really oh yeah the videotape of um i was shooting it and what had happened was we were shooting Hugh's audition and he came up and he did a screen test with Fonka Jensen and, uh, and uh, Anna Paquin. And we, and we were, uh, we were uh, shooting in Toronto at the time. And we were shooting at, um, uh, what was it called? Roy Thompson Hall, be up right behind the CBC building. Okay. And Hugh came in, he waited all day, waited all day. We finally put him on camera and Brian, the director had gone off to a corner with a with a monitor just to watch it on a monitor and a kid came up to him just a security guy who was working at the at the <laughs> at the place and he leaned over he looked at the he looked at the monitor and he said is this the guy they're going to get to play wolverine 
And Brian and Brian goes, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sure. And he goes, wow, that guy's fucking cool. And that was the moment he decided to do it, to hire him. And he went over to him and on videotape, I've got somewhere like, I actually, I know where it is. It's down in LA, but it's, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, it's this great videotape of Hugh Jackman getting offered the role. And I remember he, Brian going up to the producer, Ralph, and saying, you know, I'm gonna hire this guy. And Ralph was kind of like, oh, you know, we don't know who he is. We know we still have some time to, you know, that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Brian goes, fuck it. Let's make him a star. Wow, no yeah. shit. Because like, wasn't prior yeah. to him getting into that role, wasn't he doing like some musical shit or something like 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 that? Oh shit, yeah, he was doing he was doing he was Oklahoma. Like he got that's how he he had been noticed was he did Oklahoma yeah. in London, and Lauren Donner, the producer, saw him in London, and next thing you know, crazy. He <laughs> came Wolverine. It's just craziness. It's just madness. Which power would you want to have, man? I'm sure you've thought about this. Oh my god. I'd, I'd probably have to go with Professor X's stuff. Yeah. I'd have to go with Professor X power. That's that's too good. To be able to manipulate people's minds all day long, that would be great. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, you get whatever you want. <laughs> great. What, yeah, are you, what are you binge watching lately, dude? Binging? Shit, I've been watching a documentary now is the one that I'm addicted to. Document, have, you, have you seen it? No. Yeah, documentary now. It's uh, it's Bill Hader. And... Oh, okay. uh, and um, it's spoofs it's uh spoofs of uh real documentaries so it's oh, cool like they, like they 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 do a spoof of uh the best one the one that i love the most is they do a spoof of um uh the robert evans one the uh kid stay kid, uh kid stays in the picture they did okay they did yeah 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 great gardens it's just it's hilarious like like mockumentary style and like the yeah. like the uh, spinal tap style or yeah exactly and but it's it's sort of like they're just basically reproducing the actual documentaries but really funny but really messing with it like it's really funny you gotta watch it. it's it's great and nice. uh i got into that because of barry because i thought barry was tremendous and and uh if you haven't been watching barry you should watch barry it's really great. no that's that's on my list yeah. right now i'm watching that uh yeah. that uh Dahmer. yeah I'm i'm getting my way through it Man, now you got to take that. That's like a bad girlfriend. You can only take that in doses, you know. Oh yeah, man. That's that's a one episode now. Well, that's a one, and like, let's just give my mind a little mental. (laughs) I'm just gonna take a break after this one. Thanks. Yeah, Yeah. totally. That's you're not binging through that one. You're not like three, four in a row, right? Like exactly. No, I yeah, it's not the one you want to watch every minute of the day. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's. I love Sandman though. I thought that was a great. Yeah, that was great. You know what? I thought they might have fucked it up, but they didn't. You know, they went a little far afield from the original books. You know, they're not as true to the books. They're kind of like the book, but light. You know what I mean? Like, like, like wouldn't it be cool to to get Neil's thoughts on like what he thought of how it went down? Oh yeah, I would love to know what he thinks. Right, I would, I, I would love kill. to know what game it takes. I would kill to know his thoughts on that. Oh yeah, that was one of my first books that I really, um, really got into when I, I after X Men, I moved to L.A. and I was living at David Hayter's house, the writer, and um, I was sleeping on his couch. That's, that's where I live, and yeah. uh, he was like, "If you want to read a book, read this." And he pulled out ten graphic novels, the full series of, of Sandman. And that was one of the first books I read front to back. And I read the entire thing. Ten, ten graphic novels worth of wow. worth, uh, worth of Sandman. It was it's one of the best stories in it, it really is. 
It's yeah, so they're gonna, good. They're going to need five, six seasons to to do what they have to do. There's just so much. It's just such a dense. Yeah. It's just such a dense narrative, and I would love to see what Neil Gaiman thinks of what they did. So yeah, same. Uh, and what did you think of? Um, uh, I know we're going back way back now, but like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Did you think of the of the Watchmen. Oh my god, it was so good. Like. They nailed it, right? Like, so how, I think that's one of my yeah. favorite superhero movies of all, all time. Well, well, David, who wrote X Men One and Two, wrote Watchmen as well. Oh no, shit! Uh, yeah, he's like he's like literally one of my best friends in Hollywood. He's he's the wow, yeah, and he's the he's the architect of that one. That was his dream project. Like he was when during X Men, he was like, oh man, I really want to write Watchmen. I really want to write Watchmen, and then he got to, and it's it's fantastic, and I loved it. And it's funny because I remember reading his original script. Um, he gave me the script to read on the airplane, and uh, I was coming back from LA, and he was, he, and I had the script. Uh, his script was even better than the movie ended up being. Like they made they made some changes to the script along the way, but yeah. his original his original was just it was so good. It was just so good. Hey? Yeah, it was fantastic. When did when did you know you were going to go down this path? Gee whiz, that feels, uh, I was in the music business in the 90s and I, I spent quite a bit of time in the music business and uh, my band was sort of like, we were like the go-to opening act for like everybody in the 90s back in Toronto. Um, so we played with everybody from the Headstones to um, I Mother Earth and Arlie Peace, all those sort of bands. We were like the, the go-to opener. Yeah, and, yeah. and during that time, I was always asking the guys in the band is like, can I, can I make us a video? Can I make us a video? And they kept trying to want to hire other people. And I was like, let me just do it. Let me, let me make the video. Let me, let me just, and I was, and I, and I always knew that is what I wanted to do. Like since I was a kid, I was making movies as a kid when I was 12 years old. Mm. Like my dad would bring home a video camera from school and I'd start making movies with the neighborhood kids. And I'd be, they'd be all, there were always horror movies and I was always killing somebody. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, ready for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we, I, I, I think, I feel like I always knew, you know what I mean? And, but it was when yeah. they gave me that job on X-Men and I just kind of lucked into it. You know, I lucked into this job and next thing you know, I was on the movie. I was, David, let me write a scene that's in the movie. Um, it was an intimate relationship. It was part of the brain trust of what was going on. And it was really, um, my education you know and that was how i learned to make movies i learned how to write movies learned all that stuff and um you know it just it just i got i got really really lucky early on and i just knew i just knew at that point that that's what i was going to do and didn't didn't you know you you can never know what's right or wrong on wikipedia of course right but didn't i read that you'd work closely with like the director of the crow or 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 oh yeah did you did you work on the crow I didn't work on the crow. I did iRobot with okay. uh, oh iRobot. No shit. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a great series, man. Yeah, that was a neat movie, man. That was a that was a fun time. We uh, I I uh, we we were on that movie for thirteen months. It was a big long, a big long picture. And uh, Alex Proyas ended up being a friend that I still speak to today. Like I mm-hmm. I I've stayed with, in touch with him for twenty years. And and, uh, and that's the thing is like the weird controversy about what will did at the oscars i'm just gonna uh, like how could yeah. i not bring that up right yeah i know that just wasn't the dude that i like, know 
like yeah. what the hell was that man it's so like and, and then did you see like the videos after that was like from an old movie and is exactly played out yeah. like how it came out in that old movies like yeah was was that fucking around or did we get played like it's so weird right it's just it, it, it was weird because to me that was not the dude i knew you know what i mean and yeah. like I remember, I remember one day we were we were uh on set and they called they called build a set and I was with them when they called them and we were on our way. We were going from the trailer to the soundstage and um, there was a PA sitting in a, sitting in a parking lot. And I'll never forget this kid. He was, he was all like slouched over, like just dejected, like didn't want to, was clearly like not living out his movie dream mm. and was, and the best thing I can describe that he was doing was guarding a bucket of cigarette butts. And it's the only way I can describe what he was doing. Like there was a bucket of cigarette butts there, and this kid was this kid was sitting next to it, going like, "Well, I guess nobody's gonna steal these." And it was pouring rain. He's in his rain gear, and as we're walking the stage, Will clocks this guy out of the corner of his eye, and he looks over and he sees him, and he immediately beelines for this kid, and goes over and he stands him up, and he goes, "Hey, my name's Will," and he shakes his hand, and I watch this kid just kind of like start to lift up, and he goes, "Hey, what's your name?" and the guy told him his name, and Will's like, I'm Will. It's good to meet you, and blah blah blah. And then he said, um, he said, you know, you know, you're doing a great job. We're all working on the same movie, and we're all pulling in the same direction. And I just want to know you're doing a great thing here, and and you're just as important as I am in this in this mix and all this stuff. And I watched this kid just sort of rise up, you know, and just did this thing. And so that's the Will Smith that I knew. You know, well, I think I mean? that's the Will Smith that we all knew. Yeah, but it was real. You know what I mean? That that's what that's what made that event so baffling to me. Yeah. Was, was that that was the guy I knew was the guy who was helping the kid in the parking lot feel good about himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was a, it's a, it was a weird, that was a weird thing to, to see yeah. that. What, yeah, a, what, what a trip. Like even like I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere like not even close to within that world, but like, I yeah. was away. Like, Oh man, I was freaked out. I was totally freaked out. I was I was watching it and I was like, okay, that's not right. And no. at first I thought it was a gag. Like I I I thought it I thought it was a work. I didn't know what they were doing. And then it got really real. And I was like, yeah. that's really bad. It, it, <laughs> so and kind bad. of a weird uh you yeah. know, sorry afterwards, you know, the apology letter or whatever that was published was like mm, it's kind of like yeah, not really sorry, but anyway. How sorry are you? Actually? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem too anyway. Um, you know, before uh, jumping on, I I uh, yeah. I saw something where Danny DeVito was talking about pitching something to Harvey Weinstein in regards to Pulp Fiction, and the fact that Daniel Day Lewis was offered or originally offered the role of John Travolta in that movie. Did you know that? No, really. Yeah, I had no idea. And, and so he had to pass it by Weinstein in order to really? get like everybody apparently was saying first off no we're not doing that movie or whatever right, like, yeah. at all right and then eventually they were like when they said yeah they were like okay daniel day lewis for that role but and danny devito had to fight to get really travolta in wow that, in that movie and i bring I that up of course it. because you did the spoof on on yes, uh, pulp fiction and yeah. fucking like quentin tarantino picture yeah yours yeah that was wild it was dude, uh that's crazy man. it was the weirdest shit in the world dude it was we because the way that happened was um uh they had this thing this mtv thing and we entered one 
film of ours that we had done that was sort of the one that we thought was was funny as hell and this and that. And my brother and I were sitting out on the patio and uh, I was like, do you think that's going to win? And he goes, no. And I go, what do you, I go, what do you think's going to win? And he goes, he goes, you know what? Some asshole's going to make a, make a, a they're going to take that uh, hamburger scene and do it from the French perspective. And that'll be what wins. And I went, why don't we just do that? And right. he's like, he's like, okay. Yeah. So the next day, we had about 45 minutes left before we were, we had to submit the thing. So we 45 minutes later, there we were finished the thing, submitted it to MTV. And the next day they called us and we had won. And Tarantino had seen it that night and then brought us to, flew us to Toronto the next day. And uh, there we were with Quentin Tarantino. It was wild. It was insane. It was just uh, one of those things where you're like, okay, this is weird. And yeah, it was, it was neat though. I know, right? And like, dude, I'm I'm trying to like, you know, be nice and uh, you know, pick through certain things through your bio and like I'm looking right, yeah. at like, you know, there's Russell Crowe and there's mention yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and like yeah. can you pick um a, a, a career highlight or is it just like no, nah, they're just all too it's just too much. Oh boy, that's a tough one. Like oh. one, I know that you could probably pick like a handful, but like one does one rise above the rest? Jeez. I gotta say that making a that making a short film with Harrison Ford was pretty, was pretty up there in weird, in weird shit that I've done in my life. Like it was, uh, how the hell did that happen? I asked him. No, I just asked him. I was, I had met, I had this weird story. I was in LA and I was, I was at a bookstore and I used to go to this bookstore and just read books in the, in the, uh, in the science fiction section, I would read Star Wars books and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, one day I go back, I go into this bookstore and there's another dude there in the bookstore, like sitting there doing the same thing, reading, reading a book. It's kind of like in my space and I'm getting a little freaked out about it. And uh, <laughs> I looked and it was Warren Zevon. Nice. And I'm like, Oh, and my, and instead of going like, Oh my God, Warren Zevon, like I'm a huge fan. Like, thank you for all your music. I think you're wonderful. Um, I freaked out. And I ran away. And two years later, he passed away. And I, at that point, I realized I'm never going to have this chance again to, to do anything with Warren Zima or meet mm-hmm. Warren Zima or talk to him or say thank you. Um, and then we were, uh, we were shooting a movie called uh, Firewall. And um, Harrison was the lead. And I was working for him. And... Uh, and um, I was on the phone with a friend of mine in, in uh, New Jersey, this girl, Annie, that I was dating at the time. And she said, um, and we're talking, and I was like, listen, I, you know, I've got this idea for this short film I want to do. And I really want to put Harrison in it because I think it'd be really funny. And I, I don't know if I should ask him or not. And, and she just goes, remember Warren Zevon? And I was like, right. And I went over, asked him to be in this thing. And he just goes, yeah, no problem, I'll do it. And that was it. And we <laughs> shot a short film with Ryan Robbins. And oh, it, okay, cool. Uh, I shot the Harrison footage um, about six months before I shot the other side of the the scene, which was Ryan, which is Ryan Robbins in a conversation with Harrison Ford. But it, Ryan wasn't wasn't there. But it's it's a it's a fun little thing, and that's just sort of like a a neat. Um, that's just a really neat moment. There's so many cool moments, though. You know, like just being on the first X-Men movie and knowing what that was and all the stuff that went on with it was, was just, 
it was just an intense experience. Like that was really, really neat. Um, and to see what it spawned, you know, mm. looking back at it, you know, X-Men is, X-Men is really, um, is really the one that I would say is the most important one that I ever did. Mm. Um, but you know, the, the Tarantino thing is up there. The, the stuff with, yeah, you know, there's so much stuff like doing the stuff yeah. with Guar. You know, doing the stuff with Guar is like way up there. Like that's yeah. that to me. Like um, circling back on it, it's uh, during the pandemic. Like Mikey and I, my brother became became we became really good friends with Mike Dirks, is who were really the closest. What I think Guar, um, he's become like family type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what what was great is that we started writing a Dave Brocky movie together, um, which we're still working on. We're trying to figure out how to, how to do it. But what was great is during the pandemic, they came to us and were like, um, or Dirks came to us and was like, we're going to do a, we're going to do an online sketch show during the pandemic. Would you be interested in helping us write sketches? And my brother and I were like, of course, you know, absolutely. I'd be part of that. That's fantastic. So we ended up writing a lot of the sketches that were in their online show okay. during during the pandemic. So that was sort of like kept us all kind of going and kept us all happy and, and that, and then um, it just became a natural thing that Dirks came back to us with the comic book and was like, let's do it. And so, so he had, he had a largely, it, it was incomplete, but there was a lot of, lot of book there. And so we came in and started adding the jokes and started adding the, the appendices at the back and doing a bunch of crazy stuff in it that wasn't there before and doing a lot of editing work ended up spending about six months with with him doing the writing and then the you know the art approvals were all coming in and you know so you know that is a huge highlight you know that's a that's a major highlight so of all the things there's just been so many that no right it's hard to 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 pick one but right now the guaruan feels like the the biggest one and what's great is that when i was uh i was in the uk last month um or in, in august and uh what was great was that uh while we were over there um dirks was there with us and we were uh he's playing he was planning the fall tour the north american tour which is here next week and um he was like do you want to help me write the the stuff for the show and i was like yeah. yeah. So he basically gave me the ideas of what it was. And then I sat there one day and just wrote all the, and what we did is we we're bringing the comic book to the live show. So now the live show has all these elements from the comic book in it. So if you go next week, um, they play on Monday night, uh, the third, I think. Um, if you go to that show, you'll see a lot of the elements of the comic book played out on the screens of the show and that. And so it's oh, just a cool. lot of, just a lot of fun. And, um, and uh, this is the first half. The, the next tour is going to be like the next half of the book. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to, I'll go spoiler free, but this is one bad guy in this, in this piece. And then the next tour that they do is going to be the second half of the book with a different bad guy from the book. So right. it's gonna, right. Yeah. So it's going to be neat. It's just going to be a neat, uh, a, a neat, um, experience and for us it was it was one of those things where you kind of pinch yourself now and then you're like you know you know that they're your friends you know that they're your buddies you know that there's you've had this rapport for a really long time but then you kind of go holy shit i'm writing stuff with guar like this is insane like and it's just and to me that's uh 
it's just nerd stuff, you know? And I, yeah. and I, and I nerd out on like straight up wheelhouse stuff. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, I'm like a big, huge fan of my friends and, and, and on all levels, like, like movie friends, music friends, like all of that stuff. I'm so super proud to see people yeah, I see. Uh, doing stuff. And, and if I have any sort of way to be connected with it, I just, I'm thankful and happy about it. And, and it's just, you know, that's what it is. So, yeah, no, I feel the same way. You know, and I, I gotta be honest and I feel a little bit bad saying it, but I knew that you did some really cool shit over the years, but when I really started to dig in, I was like, fuck, this guy is just a monster, <laughs> man. Like it's insane. The shit you've done is crazy, man. There's been some, been some crazy shit. And, uh, amazing shit dude hopefully none of it's gonna stop like we're um our sort of next big signpost that's ahead is um my brother and i made a short film in 2011 um called chained and it was part of the remember crazy eights in vancouver they used to do the crazy eights film festival oh yeah 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 Yeah, it was part of that and so we did that our friend rahan came up with the concept directed and directed it and mikey and i co-wrote it with him and produced it and um so we've adapted it into a feature film and we've partnered with uh, with a producer in LA named Brad Payton, who produces and directs directs movies with The Rock. He did San Andreas, Rampage, mm. um, the Mysterious Island movies. He did those, um, and he's this big deal guy. And he came on board to produce this thing. And so, with a lot of finger crossing and a lot of luck, we'll be hopefully shooting the feature version of this thing next year. Which is, of course, that's a horror movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a werewolf movie. It's pretty. It's an interesting take on on werewolves. It's sort of a different uh, different approach. And this thing, the 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 short itself won all kinds of awards. It, it was uh, it's played in like France. It's played in uh, I think Rio de Janeiro. It played. It played in at uh, Phil Anselmo's. Phil Anselmo did a horror movie festival down in Austin. Okay. Okay, and, I know that uh, also the guy in Metallica, uh, uh, Kirk Hammett, is big in, into horror. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Big time, yeah. Oh, really? You should put on a film festival. It, and apparently, <laughs> apparently, he's got like just the like the craziest collection of uh, memorabilia and all that. Oh, kind really? Of thing. Yeah, big time. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm a, I'm a memorabiliac too. I have. Uh, yeah, same. I, I'm like, guilty, man. Like I, man, I I'll spend man. pretty good money on shit too. You know. Oh yeah, like I don't like that's crazy. Right? over there. Yeah, yeah, but actually, one of the neat things I have is actually Hugh Jackman at the end of X Men Two gave me Wolverine's jacket. Come on, that, I think that that's the the neatest thing that I've that I've collected over the years. Yeah, I've got some neat stuff. I I started just grabbing stuff. I think I think you, you just see stuff. It's just neat to have mem- mementos of yeah of what you've done. And uh, so with um at the end of X Men Two, Hugh knew how much I thought that jacket, that brown leather jacket, was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Pretty badass, yeah. Last day of shooting, he grabbed me. He goes, he goes, he goes, come to the, come here with me, Mike. Keep it quiet for a second. And we went over to sort of like off to the side of the set and he goes, go to my trailer. He goes, open the door and there's something for you. It's just hanging on a hook. You'll see it right when you walk in. I'm like, okay. And he goes, take a bag. Don't let anybody see it. And I was like, okay. So I open the door and there's this soup bag hanging there and I unzip it and open up the, from soup bag and there's Wolverine's jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was one of those. And um so yeah, so that's sort of sort of my crown jewel, but I but I've got all sorts of neat stuff. Like when I was with Russell on uh on uh Superman, it was Man of Steel and uh he rewrote 
um, the big Jarrell speech at one point. Mm. And um, he wrote it down with in pen and pencil. Like he just wrote it all out. And he uh, gave it to me and we'd rehearse it back and forth. We'd do a lot of rehearsing with it. And then uh, I put it in the pocket of my jacket one day and I walked away. And that was it. Eventually the movie ended. That was the end of that. So like got that too. Seven, six, seven years later, I found that jacket again. And then I re- and then at that point, that movie had become like an an enormous huge. Yeah. and huge. And uh I found this jacket and I opened it up and there's Russell Crowe's handwritten Jarrell speech. So I framed that. I've got that just nerd stuff, man. Nerds. Yeah. I love it. Like big time. Big time. Yeah, you know, I've got a few things. I wonder if I could quickly get <clears throat> this and I got that. These are my two shining. So this is something that I that I have from uh Rage Against the Machine. Oh wow. And it's a bomb track and fuck the police. No way. That's great. Signed by Tim Comerford, but also Chris Cornell signed it. Oh, that's wild. Cornell right there, because it was when they were here for Audio Slave. Oh, wow. So, so I was backstage interviewing those guys. And at the time, I was like, fuck, dude, why'd you sign that? You're not in, audio, you're not in Rage. Yeah, you ruined my Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> but now I'm like, holy shit, I got a Chris yeah. Cornell signed Rage memorabilia. That's insane. And, and these are uh, these were given to me by uh, Gino Chico, the drummer for Biff Naked. No, I've never met him. I know I've, I've met Biff. I opened for Biff in the 90s. Okay. Yeah, like right after Gorilla Gorilla. Like oh, nice. Was, okay, okay. She was opening for Rhymes with Orange in Toronto at the at Lee's Palace, and we were the opening opening act. All and right, all right, all right. Naked and Rhymes with Orange. Nice. I don't know what they're doing now. I have no idea. But so anyway, so Chico uh, was good friends with uh, Vinnie Paul from from Pantera. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. These were the sticks sitting on Vinnie's uh, snare after he oh. passed away in the studio. Oh, these are the sticks. Really? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's intense. Like, and I'm a huge fan of Pantera, so I was like, yeah. fuck, right? He's like, hey, dude, I might be able wow. to get you some crazy shit out of you. And I was like, dude, anything would be great. How about some drumsticks? Fuck yeah. And it comes back. He's like, these were on the snare. There you go, buddy. Wow. Yeah. That's man. bananas. Crazy. That wild. Crazy, yeah. Frame. Get a frame. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sitting there collecting dust, you know, like, well, don't like, touch that. Nobody yeah. touched those. That's the thing is like, you never know what to do with this stuff. Like a lot of times it just like sits in a box, you yep. know, like my Wolverine thing is just hanging in my closet. Yeah. It's like a great jacket. I was like, I, I got a jacket here from, uh, this jacket here was uh, Chad Kruger's real party. Oh, really? Yeah. We're all, we're all partying one night. And of course I'm wearing a hoodie like normal. Right. And he's like, did yeah, you yeah. always wear a fucking hoodie? Like, why don't you wear a nice jacket? I'm like, I don't usually wear jackets. Takes his jacket off. He's like, this is your jacket from now on I'm that's like, hilarious I'm like all right i think i wore it like twice and then, you know, i'm the yeah. only guy that's hilarious that's great that's a great thing to have yeah that's excellent. Any, anyway buddy i'm gonna wrap it up i'm i'm one of those cheap pricks that don't I, don't I don't buy like a you know the pro package of zoom right. i'm like i'm a 40 minute rapper yeah exactly <laughs> i've tried to wrap it up within 20 30 minutes but uh, man, i could talk to you forever we should just do beers man one of these nights Dude, anytime you want anytime yeah. you want like yeah. uh where, where about you live in the city i'm in north Bend. I'm like right by, okay. right by the key, right yep. down, right down at the bottom. Yeah. 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 Nice one. I'm on first. So I'm around, I'm on this show right now. I'm doing this Bob Odenkirk thing. Um, 
I, we don't wrap till Christmas, but uh, weekends, weekends, I'm available. So weekends let's do it. Great for me, man. Okay, bud. Well, I'll uh, I'll reach out and, uh, and, and we'll rock a little hang. So you're easy to find before we wrap things up here. You're uh, Reverend Maddie on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you got the website, thegrangerboys.com. Granger Bros. Yeah. Uh, thanks for doing this, Matt. Anytime, bud. And uh, we'll see you online. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Talkcast Podcast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.